mother says he was a normal happy boy until he became obsessed with black metal music. Rock and roll! Sounds like Christian Rick. Heavy metal music. Groups promote satanic worship. They're anti-peace and anti-life. Hey everybody, how are you doing? You're listening to the first ever episode of the Metal Face Podcast, a podcast about metal. My name is Ben. I'm one of the free hosts here. Also joining me, I have Tom. Tom, say hello. Hey, Ben. We have Josh. Josh, say hello. Hello, Ben. Hello, Tom. As this is the first ever episode, I think a good place to start would be, what are we doing? Why are we here? What, what is going on? What the hell are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> what led us to this? How did we get here? <laughs> Why do we think we deserve a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has a podcast. Exactly. Yeah, it's about time. I mean, me and Josh had the idea to do a podcast very, very long time ago. Must have been... When we used to live together, when we lived in Exeter, we went for a few. We went for a few variations on what it might be about. Which was... which iteration of us living together did we mm, come up with? It? I want to say our third year of uni. Ah, in, yeah. Uh, oh no, it was definitely house in, yeah. that, in that massive, the dark, terrible year. party house. <laughs> it was definitely plague house. I remember um, you guys having the idea, and then one night I was like drinking with you, Tom, and uh, you told me you wanted to start a podcast, and I like leaned in close, looked you in the eyes, and was like. <laughs> I got to be a part of this. And, and what what year are we talking about? When was the first time we're talking about two thousand and sixteen? Basically, <laughs> we're talking about ago. half a decade ago. Uh, this is how this is how heavily we procrastinate on doing things. Mm. And I mean, really, it came from we would stay up really late, getting wasted, and talking about music. We used to think that um, people just couldn't handle the party and went to bed, but really, I think they just left. <laughs> well, I would always terrorize everyone with all the grindcore and power violence that I was listening to back mm. when I was about 22 or so. Wait, You've changed so much. 21. Was not? No, I was 20, 22, so you must be 23. I don't think it's really important. <laughs> <laughs> but realistically, I think me and Ben, we actually... Uh, and you, Ben, we actually bonded over our 80s new wave. Yeah. <laughs> simp more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then me and Josh, despite knowing each other many years and meeting through the Rock and Metal Society, have still struggled to find really any bands in common that we actually like. But I think that's to our strength because we all bring something new to the table here. Hmm. I'm definitely into the more extreme side of things. I guess I'm into the kind of more poppy, metalcore, trash side of things I, I can tell i'm going to be a fan favorite for that and ben's uh ben ben you sent tool right and anyways. yeah yeah and, and <laughs> tool cover bands i mean you know I, I like a lot of um sludgy stoner progressive metal so you know i don't really like to put a label on it which is exactly how you know that i like a lot of prog metal so <laughs> there you go and i mean that's the thing is we wanted to do a podcast really that was about everything from the old forgotten albums to our personal favorites and even talking about you know the new stuff that's just coming out mm. a podcast where you can talk about everything from how good the ace of spades actually is as an album still all these years on and then also talk about uh, a band like ulcerate who seems to be getting a lot of attention at the moment. Yeah, and I think I'm right in saying that we, we want to talk about the music, right? Like, we're we're fans of a genre, we, we listen to a lot of this stuff, and we've always been sharing stuff with each other, so we want to share it with other people as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the hope is that people can listen to this and think, hey, that sounds cool, I'll go and check that out. Mm. Probably won't show my mum, but... I'll listen to it. I guess it's kind of an extended version of uh, your mate recommending you a new, a new song down the road. Exactly, park. yeah. Exactly. And that's sort of how I think we're going to be uh, structuring it going forward, is as if it's sort of like a like a heavy metal book club, almost. That could almost that's... be the tagline for the podcast, but I mean, that would make us sound 
Lame. <laughs> and really, we're super cool. I exactly. think Eggmail Book Club could sound pretty, pretty flipping sick. Whoa, Josh, watch yes. your language. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be uh, bleeping that out. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, so every week we'll talk about three albums, right? We'll pick one each. Each of us have a listen, tell, tell everyone what we think. And sometimes it'll be something that we all know and we all like. I mm. think this week we've definitely got a couple that are on regular rotation for all mm. of us. And sometimes it'll be stuff that we, we know very well the other people won't like. Mm. And, you know, I mean, I, for example, I'm not a fan of metalcore as far as I know. But I, uh, I would be Yet. happy to have my mind changed because, quite frankly, that's just more gigs to go to. Mm. And that is my mission for this podcast. This is actually the Metal Core Face podcast. It's just, <laughs> it's just an indoctrination session. I'm actually being, <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, being paid by uh, Sharp Turn Records to uh, convert all of you. I think we've all got the same intention then because I'm just doing this to make you both listen to a Tool album from start to finish. Exactly. I would send you guys stuff and just be like, hey, did you listen to that album? No, you didn't listen to that album. You know and what? now we have to. Now you so. fucking have to. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it really is. <laughs> We're coming at this at a, an interesting time for metal, I think, you know, because I, I definitely think that pre-pandemic, it was a, an excellent time for metal. There was mm. an absolute ton of stuff going on. During the pandemic, obviously, it's it's been a tricky time mm. for every industry, not to mention the, you know, live events and that sort of thing. But I hope, hope that we're well-positioned to cover some of the, uh, the the emergence in this pandemic and hopefully what is going to be a very good festival season mm. in 2020. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, is that what year it is? <laughs> it's going to be a bit of a um, phoenix from the ashes, I think. I think all the people who've had all the gigs that they wanted to go to, kind of, they missed out on us all pent up and they just gonna, it's going to be an explosion of, of new activity. I'm going to go to as much as I possibly can. I mean, I know that me and you, Ben, we've already got yeah. Behemoth tickets for October. Josh, have you got tickets for that as well? No, but I, I probably should. They're playing in um, the O2 Academy Brixton. Mm. Ah. I don't remember what the date is exactly. We have um, Arch Enemy, am I yep. right? Oh, yes, yeah. I recall this now. Mm. Yeah, so maybe Arch Enemy is a band that we should at some point because i gotta be honest i've never listened to them yeah so i mean so that's a good point right we've got this like regular format where we're going to bring free albums things we want to talk about but we're excited to talk about gigs we're excited to talk about festivals just like the whole scene really isn't it it's it's things around that mm. we've, we've got a lot of a lot of big ideas a lot of lofty lofty ideas i would say it's gonna be kind of a journey through music through the scene through live shows discovery mm. yeah gonna it's deep. gonna be a transcendent <laughs> experience for everyone and we can get maybe a netflix deal out of it like that meditation podcast that got an animated series. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. No, no. You can't meditate and listen to metal. <laughs> metal only. I, I did see a um uh, an advert in, in, in Salem, Massachusetts once for a heavy metal yoga class. So Oh, that's amazing. It... Isn't, uh, I mean, Nurgle from Behemoth, he's big into his yoga, mm. isn't he? His entire feed on Instagram is just him in various yoga poses, mm. increasingly skimpy yoga outfits. Mm. Can you send me a link for that? <laughs> I'm intrigued now. Interesting content. Mm. So guys, what do you think? Should we make a start? Should we talk about our first ever album? Yeah, I suppose. So this week, <laughs> I have made you both listen to Painkiller by Judas Priest. So Judas Priest, I mean, they really need no introduction. The band was formed around 1970 in Birmingham, England. Um, they're arguably one of the first heavy metal bands. And whilst that can be some area of debate, I'm sure they're certainly one of the largest influencing forces that the genre have ever seen. Now been around for over 50 years. And for me, and I think a lot of people, they are a textbook definition of what I would call heavy metal. They've had numerous lineup changes during their 50 years, which is kind of expected over such a long period of time. But like I say, mm-hmm. today we're talking about their 1990 album, 
Painkiller. It's their 12th full-length studio album. 12th. Yeah, so let's talk about it. Half a century, though. (laughs) Wow. 50 more years. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I guess a good place to start, I think, with such a a huge band, right, is um, what was your previous exposure? So my first real introduction to Priest was seeing them live at Bloodstock a few years ago. Mm. Yeah, I think we were all at that show, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think we were. And it was was interesting, because I I never re-rated them before. I heard Painkiller kind of half of it here and there, and I was like, yeah, whatever. But um, I enjoyed what they played, and I actually listened to Firepower, the, the album mm. a bit, and uh, No Surrender in particular, I thought was uh, a banger. Mm. But I never really got into them more, and I always thought for some reason I didn't like them, so I was really glad, actually, when I listened to this, because it was really good. Why the assumption you didn't like them? I often find, and I'm glad I've waited until... 10 minutes into the first episode of our new venture <laughs> oh, to make con- controversial <laughs> here we go and offensive <laughs> statement i don't actually like metal <laughs> yeah metal's a bit shit really no i often find a lot of classic metal bands kind of don't really grab me and mm. i think part of it is because they're so hyped that i expect this kind of world-changing experience and i listen to it and it's like okay i have to say i know what you mean in certain cases, I think that um, it's very easy with bands from a certain era to remember their hits and imagine that everything on that album is going to sound like that. And then you Absolutely. can sort of, there's, you know, well, back in those days, there was a B-side to the album. And quite often, some of those songs, they don't hit quite as hard. No, they don't. And it's normally no, those Tom. sort of, um, <laughs> those one or two tracks that get really famous. The reason they're so famous is because they were doing something different. They were a bit of a risk. So they will be different than everything else. And I think you want to go back to like, who did this first? Like who played the first heavy metal song? And it's going to be so different yeah. from like what's around today. You can Absolutely. Kind of it's, 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 yeah, just kind of tracing the lineage from blues all the way to, you know, deathcore is it's fascinating. But when I often... <laughs> what a place to end up. Listen. <laughs> Take you 10 minutes to mention deathcore as well, Josh. <laughs> I'm hitting all the stereotypes, all the Josh Rippin stereotypes today. But when I listened to this album, it was actually much more refreshing than I thought it would be. And I yeah. think I kind of allow myself to be prejudiced against kind of, I guess, older bands in that sense, because I often have this image, you know, of, like, some person recommending me this this music that I don't <laughs> like, and I think I kind of carried that into a lot of my assumptions about what Judas Priest sounded like, which weren't well, really it, true. it must so, um, speak to the quality of this album that it managed to do, undo your prejudice <laughs> so effectively. <laughs> um... I like almost everything about this album. I mean, I was going into this album knowing Painkiller very well, knowing pretty much every word to Painkiller, and Metal Meltdown as well, which has been another one of my favourite songs by them for a long, long time. And, um, you know, I mean, I'd forgotten actually this album has made like really fucking good songs like Between the Hammer and the Anvil mm, on it, yeah, yeah. and Touch of Evil. Yep. And so I knew that there was mm. good stuff in this album. And turning to it, I was, you know, well, I have to say, I think I like pretty much every single song on this oh, album. Yeah. Uh, it, it, was... it just, it hits all the way through. There's this great sort of really soulful, like synthy stuff, 80s sort of infused synthy kind of sounds. But it also, obviously, we all know, it totally delivers on the sort of absolute machine gun level heavy metal. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I, um, I found myself listening to Jesus Priest like regularly all the time now, um, whether I'm sort of going mm. through like a bit more of like a heavier sort of phase. They've got music for that, but they, they've also got their like such a long catalogue of albums that you can find their really bluesy yeah. rock and roll stuff early on. Like um, I've been listening to Stained Class, which is their 1978 album. Totally different, but like I love it and I, I think it, it's really interesting to see mm. Jesus Priest been around for so long that you can kind of see the trends of metal throughout their like catalog mm. but one thing yeah, i respect about them is yeah. i don't think they've done anything disingenuous it's always been priest no. first and then they've kind of 
taken in where the scene's going without you know mm. doing a rap metal album out of nowhere <laughs> and i think when they've um you know when they've had albums that haven't quite hit the mark they've been able to sort of pick it up again afterwards so the album before this had electric drums in it and i think um <laughs> i think they realized that, that wasn't quite working and they decided to put um what sounds like about 10 drummers in <laughs> yeah that's, that's that's scott travis right and he um honestly the i don't normally pay attention to drums in metal personally like oh really well i do and i don't you know i feel like when they're good, I'll love the album, and then it's kind of go like it has to pass a bar. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. but when I was listening to this album, I mean, it's probably because Painkiller starts with one of the most insane like drum solos, one of the most iconic ones yeah. as well. It's it's it's, it's you hear it. And you know instantly exactly, what it is. Yeah. And I think he he sets a like uh, Scott Travis, the drummer, sets a fantastic like foundation for the music, where his drumming is like so crisp and clear and so effective. Oh, the production on this mm. is absolutely brilliant. Oh yeah, isn't yeah. It? it sounds like it could have come out. You know, last week it sounds super, super good. It's, it's really mm. tightly produced. The yeah. drums and the guitars sound really crisp, and it all fits in the mix really mm. well. It's 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 very timeless in how it sounds. And like you say, it's got that classic priest sound where they don't lose their kind of sense of identity. Mm. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it is. I know what you mean about timeless because they have some songs that like everyone knows, like no matter what, like Breaking the Law, Living After Midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as they are a classic metal band, and they have some of that sort of really old school stuff that now sounds. Not exactly dated, but definitely it comes from a different era. They've still got songs all the way through their catalogue that you still hear at clubs, you know, metal sure. clubs like today. Definitely. And I think, you know, well, there's a lot to be said about Painkiller, but it is a fantastic song to hear in a club, whether that be at sort of, you know, the after party at um, Bloodstock or whether it's uh, just a regular metal club night. So we've touched on it a couple of times. Should we just talk about the song Painkiller? Because Absolutely. in my opinion, I think it's the greatest heavy metal song ever written. Ever written. Honestly, yeah. Uh, I just think if you wanted mm. to distill heavy metal down to like its purest form and just show what heavy metal is, I think Painkiller is it. I, I, I really do. Like, I just... There's always been something about Priest where it's like, it's kind of like pure metal mm. you know what, exactly I mean? what i mean it's like it's not really infused by other genres that much mm. you know you can i mean yeah a song like painkiller that's like that's that's heavy metal you can't introduce someone to the genre without showing them mm. that song yeah it's unadulterated there's no as much as i like things like you know nightwish there's the symphonic kind of element it's it's really kind of gained something from its purity in this case it's just pure fast hard-hitting amazing sounding yeah. heavy metal and it's six minutes long as well like how many hit songs are over five minutes really over four minutes even yeah you know? and, and it doesn't it doesn't overstay its welcome like at all it flies yeah. by absolutely yeah, yeah. It, i mean it's so it's it, what you're saying about like pure metal it's just packed with like metal mm. imagery i mean this is from the second or third verse <laughs> the lyrics faster than a laser bullet louder than an atom bomb Chromium-plated boiling metal brighter than a thousand suns. Is there anything more metal, <laughs> Amazing. And then you've got, like, Rob Halford in, like, a studded like, leather every jacket. Fucking, like... Yeah. <laughs> every fucking noun in that verse is just like, what's the most metal word we can put in? <laughs> you know? it's, yeah, it's almost, it's almost like some kind of robot that's just learned metal words, yeah. but it somehow makes sense it's and like, it's what, so, cool. Yeah, so mm. it's like metal lyrics written by an AI. <laughs> yeah, except, like... What would happen really? if you just fed all of this... Yeah. Just feed all metal lyrics into an AI and see what it comes out. With. That may be a, a project we can do in a later episode. Just comes out a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so going into the album, I was a little bit worried that I would get like bored like halfway through because mm. I thought it starts off with Painkiller and then Hell Patrol, All Guns Blazing, Lever Rebel, and Metal Meltdown, which are all like great songs. And I thought there's no way they can like mm. maintain this energy mm. into the second half of the album. I was like. Because I knew all those songs beforehand, like, 
I'm, I'm familiar with them. Um, but then when it started getting towards things like um, Nightcrawler, that's a song that I, I wouldn't have oh, been able to tell you what it sounded like before me. I like, listened to the album this it's week. It's like, I forget about Nightcrawler, and yeah. I don't know why, because, like, fuck me, that's a good song. Mm. It's a great, like, you know, I imagine it's a great driving song. I don't have a car, but, you know, <laughs> I've been in cars. <laughs> and, and then, if you did, you'd be blasting Nightcrawler the entire time. And it doesn't, time. Stop, at night, exactly. it doesn't <laughs> stop at Nightcrawler, does it? Because then you have Between the Hammer and the Anvil, another amazing song. Oh, a Touch amazing. of Evil, another yeah, amazing yeah. song. Yes. You know, like, yep. It's just... It's great from start to finish, and I didn't get bored once. Yeah, and I like the battle him interlude of like, mm. is it about fifty seconds? Just like building up to that kind of last little bit of the album. Mm. Yeah, mate. It's amazing how like diverse and like heterogeneous it sounds. Because because Touch of Evil and Painkiller sound like they're completely different, but they all they fit together mm. somehow. I think that really helps the staying power of the album because if it was just yeah. painkiller level intensity all the way through you might find it a bit much but you might get a bit sick of the kind of intensity mm. like all the way yeah. through because you've got mm. these peaks and troughs and like start like speeding up and slowing down it's gonna yeah. have this kind of more you know you can it's a complex meal you can have it again and again it's still good it just fucking delivers doesn't yeah. it so for sure so this year judas priest are on it seems like they're doing the festival circuit again they're playing bloodstock hopefully we'll get to see it which i have there. tickets for as do I, yeah. They're playing Mystic Tet Festival as well, which I also... So we might get to see them twice this year, which the last time, like we said at the very beginning, um, seeing them at Bloodstock that time in, in 2018, I was um, I was aware of them, but not such a huge fan. Now I cannot wait to see them again, and I'm, I feel really lucky to be able to see such a, a long-standing band still, you know, doing the festival circuit, still touring. It, it's I can't wait. It's brilliant that they're still going, and it's worth saying as well that Rob Halford's mm. vocal ability is still absolutely top notch oh, yeah. like they still got it you know like they're still oh, yeah. getting up there and performing with energy it's just really mm. impressive so yeah painkiller judas priest any final thoughts on this it's a great i album. think <laughs> that's what we need to say yeah it's great i mean it's it's just good from start to end mm. oh yeah starting strong right so up next we're gonna break it down nice. with parkway drives album horizons jesus christ those of you who haven't heard of them, Parkway Drive are a pretty big deal. They're one of the biggest metalcore bands in the scene. Probably one of the biggest metal bands right now. And they're, you know, they've got loads of gold albums, lots of chart number ones in Australia. They've been around since 2003. They've had a pretty consistent lineup since 2006. So they've got, like, quite a lot of history going on. And Horizons is their second studio album after Killing With a Smile. And in my opinion, it's interesting because Parkway Drive's most recent sound is a lot more... I don't know. It, I, it sounds... Some of it sounds kind of stadium rock. You can hear the ACDC in there, but you can also hear the kind of metalcore roots. And Horizons is much more in that earlier stage when it's got a lot more of the metalcore in it. Which is kind of interesting because you've seen this metalcore genre grow, in my opinion, over time. And it, it's kind mm. of come to dominate a lot oh, of yeah. music. It's got huge now. Well, it's interesting because when you, the, the origin of it, it's the etymologically, it's it's like a portmanteau between between uh, metal and hardcore, yeah. right? And they, they got these two, you know, these punk ideas together and it's moving this totally different direction. I think Horizons is super interesting, actually, because it kind of, it's one of the earlier metalcore albums, I think, where it's really starting to move in this kind of more poppy direction, where you hear this in the riffs and things. So I'd be interested to hear what you guys kind of thought of this, because I know you guys don't necessarily like Metalcore that much, compared to me at least, and I don't know how much you know about Parkway Drive. So let me preface this by saying I enjoyed the songs Feed Them to the Pigs and Carry On. I actually found that they, they were in my head after I listened to this album, because I listened through it two or three times, I would say, maybe even more. Here's the thing. I love guttural vocals. I also fucking love... Cancer Bats, who, I mean, arguably, I would say that's a sort of metalcore, hardcore band. But I gotta say, I didn't really like this album very much. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Josh. 
<laughs> I just, am wounded. It just didn't land for me. And I think the thing is that the crucial factor for me don't like breakdowns very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't like. Yeah, breakdowns. not liking breakdowns <laughs> is a bit of a problem for if you want to be a metalcore fan. Mm, I'll be honest. Yeah. That's it. And I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I think. Um, you know, you take a band like Black Breath, I think uh, the song I Am Beyond has an amazing breakdown section. So it's not like they can't do it for me. Shall I, well, um, shall I pile on? Well, while Josh is getting kicked, I'll, uh, I'll join in. Just, <laughs> um, just do it! It's yeah. the most effective way to kill someone. <laughs> Kick me when I'm yeah. down! Get it over yeah, with! So I, I, I don't want to come across like I hated the album, because I didn't. I've actually listened to it quite a lot this week. I think I've probably played it through like probably four times, and I've probably put it on... Mm. A number of other times, and there are a couple of tracks I really liked, but yeah, it, it didn't really it didn't really land for me either. Um, I think it's something between just the um, like the stop and start style of guitars, uh, a lot of things that are quite. I prefer a gallop to a kind of like ding 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 ding. Yeah, and and like the the blast beat drums and stuff, stuff that's quite um, typical of metalcore. I think it just doesn't land with me, which is why I'm not a huge metalcore fan. Um, by no means is it like a bad album though they're obviously really competent musicians and there's some really technical stuff on the album which is actually genuinely quite impressive and it's good to listen to like i liked listening to it i just don't really think i'll be coming back to it having said that mm. i listened to some of their newer stuff and i think we might talk about that a bit more but um i really liked their newer stuff a, a lot and i have gone back to that that's interesting because i i very much i felt that you know you guys really like this more than their newer stuff and i, I almost I didn't pick it because I think you'd like it. Ah, because it's heavier. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's got a more raw sort of raucous, heavier feel. Mm. Whereas their newer the newer tracks are very, you know, they're quite sing along and melodic. And I I love their newer stuff. Don't get me wrong. I think their newer stuff is it's very um, composed. And I think the thing is, I love a good heavy album. I love something that's just absolutely crushing all the way through. But I found with this album, it was kind of it felt like a lot of the same stuff over and over again um idols and anchors was a song that stuck in my head yeah i think me and tom are on kind of the same page here despite not having the exact same taste (laughs) we've kind of hit on the same point so i don't want to i don't want to argue because it's all subjective right please argue but in your standout tracks you have between you named about a third of the album (laughs) (laughs) it's a good point how many songs are in this album there's about there's about 11 songs on this album aren't there there's 12 yeah you're right i just think that i don't want to focus too much on negative but i think the songs i haven't named you could play them to me now and I don't know if I'd remember them. Yeah. I think that's the problem. That's fair. No, it's interesting because I think that like, so the things I really like about, um, so for example, uh, Horizons, the, the title track and, and the last song, I really like the kind of breakdowny, riffy sort of outro of that song. That's kind of a hook that really draws mm. me in. But I can totally see how if you'd already listened to, say, Islas and Anchors and Carrion, you would kind of just be like, oh, it's 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 the same. So it's interesting because I I think that a big part of of metalcore I think in the fans as well and I say this as someone who listened to all that metalcore as a teenager and I still mm-hmm. do there's this always a lot like a lot of the big songs in the genre have this big kind of emotional hook and I yeah. think because a lot of metal like I, I, you know I'm like it's just deep lyric kind of thing you know and i think that's kind of what draws me in about about parkway as well i think the lighter stuff also is quite kind of lyrically charged uh which is which is cool Mm. but i think i think maybe that's where you know there's also probably an element of nostalgia in it for me as well right so maybe that's where i'm kind of approaching it where i i find the like you know horizons which is which the, the the track sorry which is perhaps reusing elements from earlier in the album in one sense is kind of to me just like doing the thing i like but again and also has this other thing that i like 
if you see what I mean. Mm. I wonder if it's just like a like you said, like a like a personality. Yeah, thing. I think, like, yeah. I have something in my brain that makes me like metalcore, I, and, and I, I it hasn't been removed by medical science yet. So <laughs> we're working. <laughs> I um yeah, I've, I've never really been big into metalcore. Um, but then saying that there there are certain bands that like Tommy said, Cancer Bats, and I think we're both a big fan of Cancer Bats. But that is slightly more hardcore like side of things, I think. So maybe that. Yeah, I don't think cancer. Well, yeah, no cancer bats. I think that is a bit more of the hardcore side. Mm. They there's still a lot of emotion in there. Mm. So I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about metalcore. Something definitely about the guitar sound in a lot of metalcore bands. I don't quite get where it's. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know how to describe it because I'm not a musician. But. Um, it has a there's a slight softness I think to the guitar sound. I I see what you mean in the sense that it's if you compare it to say like a bat like a like a a hardcore band it's not got that same kind of distorted raucous. I, I think also like a lot of hardcore that I like has has a certain amount of like swagger to it, so <laughs> like swagger and and grit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like it's fun to kind of put on and um and, and to like dance to um you know like a. So like I, wait, hang on a minute. That's not true. I don't go to hardcore shows. I'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a bit more yeah. dancey, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I can't really see myself partying to Parkway Drive. That's interesting, because I, I, I think one of the things I like about Metalcore, and, and also like, you know, some of the kind of children of that genre, like Gent and things, are mm. it's quite danceable. You, you can jump up and down to it. It's quite bouncy. Yeah. I think perhaps this Which you can't bouncy. necessarily say about Nile, for example. I mean, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, you are right. It's an interesting mm. point to touch on, is like the scene that's around it. I've... I, I like sort of like the classic metal scene for the leather jackets and uh, the studs and you know, the long hair and things like that. And then I like um, the, like, modern sludge and stoner stuff for the, like, really psychedelic kind of, well, stoner vibes of it. <laughs> and just the whole concept of, like, metal pubs and just, like, the kind of character that a lot of metalheads mm. have. And I find definitely I find always what's kept me in this. Metalcore is quite... Um, I know a lot of guys with, like, short hair, looking smart. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. But I, just, <laughs> I don't know. It just, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm just a poser and it just doesn't strike that right chord with me. I like the grimy stuff. It, it's not... I'll put, it, I'll put it this way. It's not for me. I'm nothing against metalcore. You know, it's they're clearly doing very fucking well for themselves, mm. these bands. But I have yet to figure out what it is that make, makes people like it. I think, and I'm going to make a very sweeping, you know, cultural anthropological statement here. So we're all about the big sweeping yeah. statements today. Let's do it. I am. I am. I've got opinions, and everyone needs to know them. <laughs> You've both incriminated yourself. Oh God. Um, I think with metalcore is interesting because I th- with 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 I guess classic metal. Whilst, and this is a bit of a weird thing, so maybe I'm coming at this from the wrong angle, and maybe this is just something that's in my head. But a lot of metalcore is very political. It's also quite like emotional and quite serious in a lot of senses. Mm. Whereas I think a lot a lot of metal has this quite playful kind of feeling to it. Like a lot of metal's fairly fantastical as well oh cannibal corpse for instance they aren't actually well i mean maybe they are but that guy was found with like 50 guns in his house wasn't he, he human so. skulls um, as well <laughs> <laughs> i have guns and skulls in my house i guess what i mean is that like even with like metallica and stuff it's all like quite like i suppose it's not necessarily situated on a personal level in the same way mm. like even if it, even with nothing else matters which is like you know kind of like a love song it's not necessarily... It, it's a bit more metaphorical, right? It's not like they're talking about actual events. They're not like, oh, and then she came over and we had a big argument. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, there's a way to conceptualize like an issue in your life without... Yeah, yeah. but I'm, I don't know if you guys have seen this. There's that really 
it got memed really heavily. It was that, um, it was called, like, if, if you're a hardcore band, make sure you pay your sound engineer or something. Because they, they, it was this, like, small kind of coming up, like, metalcore-y, hardcore-y band. And they'd mm. released this song, um, that <laughs> paid the sound engineer, and he remixed it into this, like, dance track, and it was horrible. But, ah, like, amazing. <laughs> the, the singer was, like, it was, it was, like, he got dumped, obviously, and he was sad about it. Um, Damn, and man. He, he, he was, like, <laughs> Megan! Why? Like that was like the lyric, <laughs> and I think that's the thing. Like that's the difference in the scene, isn't it? So like, even though that was perhaps a bit too much, the idea of being like, I got dumped and I'm really sad about it, so I'm gonna write this like metalcore song, kind of fits in the scene. Whereas I don't think you'd see Metallica I, necessarily I doing that. I hate to say it. Well, no, I don't hate to say it. I'm just gonna say it. Um, that is like kind of my impression of metalcore, and I think I go into it with like the, the guards <laughs> up. I hate. Like, it is. It's true. Like. You know, I know what you mean. I like, um, <laughs> and we've talked about like the, the sort of more metaphorical lyrics and stuff. I love that stuff. I love the really I'm weird, sure we'll trippy all be space stuff. Each other's interests. Oh yeah. yeah, this is basically going to be the yeah. show. I, I, think, I think you say this. It, it's it's going to be the both of you rinsing all the metalcore bands I break. Yeah, I'll convert you. Yeah, it's going to be you rinsing all the black. Do you know metal. what though? Like genuinely, Josh. <laughs> I like black metal. I am. I, I want to hear more, and I'm hoping that um, conversations like this. You know, mm. we'll start to understand each other a bit more, and then you'll recommend me some metalcore, and I'll go, "Oh no, I'm hooked." And then I'll get that brain worm, and I'll I'll be listening to metalcore a lot right alongside. By episode that. twelve of season one, if we can record the final episode in person post COVID, we might well be having a conversation about how we kind of get metalcore now. Oh, I thought you were going to say we might be talking about ending the show. <laughs> I can't listen to any metalcore. Yeah, Josh just keeps bringing metalcore. <laughs> it's been twelve up, weeks, so we really and can't I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Not more kill switch engage. Oh fucking hell! Yeah, Jesus Christ! I remember Ben. I remember you telling me that you preferred the kill switch engage cover of Holy Diver to the original. That was not me. Yeah. You take that Christ. back. No, that 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 was that was me. I think. I, 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 that, is, yeah. that was an opinion. You I take hold. that back. That was not <laughs> me. Oh, shit. That's something I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so on that bombshell were there any tracks that you guys liked well i think i've said it a couple of times carry on and feed them to the pigs i actually found myself while i was chatting to you just now sort of playing one of those songs mentally in my head mm. i think carry on uh i definitely think that they you know going forward in their career it sounds like they've got some really sort of catchy stuff in there and i'm not opposed to a catchy song you know yeah th- maybe there's more to them i'll but- um this album didn't really grab me. I'll no. sort of um, subvert the question, Josh, and just say, um, I want to listen to Reverence. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to Reverence. I want to listen to their new album. I genuinely, I there were good tracks. Mm. I liked Carrie and like Tom said, I liked Feeding to the Pigs. I really liked Idols and Anchors, but um, I think I really want to listen to their new album again. Like, I think I want to listen to it right now because I, I, I genuinely did prefer that a lot and I really did enjoy it. So mm. maybe that's one we could talk about in the future, you know? But then Josh... The brain worm yeah, has it's getting in. in there. But Josh, so you, you obviously... Tiny little emo worm. <laughs> You're a big fan of Sam Josh. So, what would be your standout tracks? Um, I, it's interesting. I think it's pretty much the same. I like for me, it was. I mean, Carrion's just great, mm. but I also really like Horizons. I think I mentioned before, and the Siren Song are mm. also tracks mm. I really enjoy. A lot of nautical imagery in this, and I have to say that their top song on Spotify, "Pray uh, Alestorm." Yeah, very <laughs> very pirate metal. I yeah. I don't hear it. I don't really hear it, but I, I can I can get I can get that with a kind of like the the group. It's kind of like a, a shanty choir, isn't it? <laughs> There's a, it's definitely an element of like ding 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 ding. Saying that against what it's we've just, just a year of the sea shanty. <laughs> saying that against what we've just been saying for the last fifteen minutes, 
I don't see how his ideas line up, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> They've evolved. They've definitely evolved into an interesting close. Honestly, Reverence is a great album, and I really hope we can cover it again. Yeah, let's check it out. So up next, we're talking about Behemoth. I loved you at your darkest. So Behemoth are an extreme metal band from Poland. I'm sure you've heard of them at this point. I feel like everyone probably knows who they are. The sound is often described as blackened death metal. It kind of delivers on all the atmosphere of black metal, but it has the heaviest heaviness and the aggression of death metal. Mm-hmm. It has really deep sort of guttural vocals. To give you some backstory on Behemoth, in the late 2000s, they were doing pretty fucking well for themselves, touring with the likes of Cannibal Corpse and Slayer. Mm. But as you may know, in 2010, Nurgirl, the uh, lead singer of the band and the sort of main creative mind behind it, was diagnosed with leukemia and had months of chemo, even a bone transplant, which... Bone transplant? Bone marrow transplant, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, this skeleton replaced. (laughs) I remember at the time, everyone sort of in the scene was kind of agreeing, yeah, it doesn't really look good for this guy. I was reading, yeah, but Um, they they said it was terminal, didn't they? mm, They said that he probably wouldn't respond to chemo. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the Polish church even weighed in at one point claiming that it was punishment for the blasphemous lyrics of Behemoth's work. And look at him now. There was even an incident. Uh, yeah, there was even an incident earlier in their career where Nurgle had ripped up a Bible on stage and, you know, got in some pretty hot water. I think it's also probably worth saying that there, a lot of metal bands do the sort of blasphemy, anti-Christian kind of thing. And to some extent, it is a slightly tired trope of the genre. Mm. When it comes to Behemoth living in Poland, where the government is so attached to the ultra-conservative Catholic Church, I don't feel like it is a tired trope. For them no. at all. I think they really have something to and say. And they've faced charges for this stuff. You know, like, you, you can rip mm, up a Bible. Yeah, like, on, this shit is real. You, you can know? rip up a Bible yeah. on stage in England and face very little consequences. But in Poland, you can literally exactly. be charged with it. So, luckily, Nurgle made a full recovery. And in 2013, Behemoth released The Satanist. Arguably one of the greatest extreme metal albums of all time. Definitely one of my favourite albums ever. It was even voted the best album of the 2010s on Banger TV. And the album we're going to be talking about is the album that followed The Satanist. But before we talk about that, Behemoth, do you like them? Have you seen them? I so I'm. This is very embarrassing. I can't actually remember if I've seen them, um, <laughs> because I think I was at Bloodstock one year they played, and I probably would have gone to see them, but I don't recall the show Josh, is there a chance you I may think... have been intoxicated during the show on on the <laughs> alcohols i i think like you know i wouldn't i wouldn't rule anything mm. out like i wouldn't say it's impossible but i mean who am i to speculate really <laughs> <laughs> so what about you ben if you uh, are you a big time behemoth listener so um me and behemoth behemoth and me yeah we we, we started <laughs> off shaky i'll be honest um Back oh. in back in secondary school, I remember some of my friends going to Behemoth, and this was the time when I was uh, a hardcore ride or die Iron Maiden fan, and nothing else would do. And um, <laughs> I fucking hated <laughs> Behemoth. I was like, "What is this? Like, you know, oh Satan! Like, you guys are taking it too much. Like, whatever. Who cares? Maiden are all that matters." Yeah. And I totally had no interest in them. However, I've since grown wiser. 
and now <laughs> I absolutely fucking love Behemoth. Like, they are top, top ten, maybe top five. Am I right in thinking you're currently wearing a Behemoth shirt while you're talking to us, Ben? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I got. I'm when not I wearing traveled. a Behemoth shirt, but <laughs> I can see one on my floor. <laughs> and I'm, I'm wearing a Behemoth shirt, which I got when I travelled to Poland with you specifically to see Behemoth. That's how much I've grown now, to like Behemoth. <laughs> that was a fucking I... great trip. I mean, what a realisation mm. that was. This was back pre-pandemic. We basically realised that Behemoth were playing in Poland and we could fly out there for about, what was it, about £60? <laughs> get a hostel yeah. for an additional sort of, probably another £60 <laughs> or so. And I think the, the whole... hostel dump. Wait, can we just... <laughs> uh, it was nice, but it, it was not what I expected. It was honestly very... um homely like we had to take our shoes off when we went in it's not what i had well the worst thing was on the last day on the last night we got back and took our shoes off and kind of looked at each other and were like you know we've taken our shoes off every night we've stayed in this hostel and i don't remember a single night (laughs) (laughs) having done it once (laughs) to be fair every night before that we were probably getting them in getting in and like launching them across the room and then that poor woman had to come in and tidy up our shit every morning that's probably exactly how it went i mean Things didn't start well with that hostel when we went and found a sign and there was an arrow. It went in a circle. <laughs> two arrows pointing in different directions that were like circling round on each other. And we were like, well, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're, we're getting... So I didn't go on the trip, unfortunately, mm. but I did, I did feel like I was there in spirit. But I did, however, receive a number of messages at about 2am from... A random person oh, yeah. Tom had met in a bar and had struck up a friendship with and had introduced oh, to the... And I gave them your number, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you did! Oh, yeah. Okay, I feel like we're maybe, we're maybe drifting party. away from Behemoth at this point. Um, so... Perhaps. I just wanted to include that yeah. anecdote. No, I'm sorry. Let's no, return. Yeah. So, um... Well, we should talk about them as a live show. I mean, Behemoth, mm. they put on a fucking excellent live show. Amazing. They've always, it's mm. always been strong in their career, but I think definitely... Since the Satanists and since they just basically started to, you know, get a lot more attention and started to headline everywhere. I mean, their stage show is fucking excellent. Mm. Like they've, you know, we're talking all the usual tropes, fire, skulls, weird sound horns. effects. Exactly. Yeah. Horns. Yeah. Confetti. Black confetti. confetti. Yeah. It's got to be black. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mix well with the fire? <laughs> I did it's wonder. Burning that. confetti. Mm. For... That would be fucking cool, though. Just like. That would fire confetti cool. falling from the sky onto you. Mm. We'll leave that to Ramstein. Yeah. Leave the third degree burns to Ramstein. Um, exactly. Yeah, their, their live show is really... Um, I, I've seen them live three times, I think. Um, mm. And every time, like, oh my God, it's just amazing. Like, um, they, they have a great sound live as well. Um, great show, great sound. Highly Absolutely, recommend yeah. them. And I think Nurgle, as a frontman, just has such a... Such a presence, Absolutely. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Having overcome what he's overcome, it's definitely like... Well, he's definitely like a, a character in the scene, isn't he? Like, I know Black Metal's totally definitely got a lot is, of yeah. characters, but even by their standards, Nurgle's mm. like a mm. big personality. He's the most... Um, he's uh, the Black Metal artist with the biggest Instagram presence. He's quite sure. wholesome, though, right? Like, he, he likes mm. his... Uh... Like, shakes. He likes his yoga. He likes his yoga. Which we... He likes his health shakes. Yep. <laughs> well, shall we move on and talk about this album? I would say... Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot to say about the band themselves, but yeah, let's talk about this album that we're actually meant to be talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the big the big question is, how the fuck do you follow the Satanist? I think it's worth saying that, like, for me, this is a sick album in its own right, you know? I mean, it delivers on all the things that you kind of want from Behemoth. It's got the blisteringly heavy songs. It's got all the sort of atmosphere... The kind of weird, ancient, like lyrics and things. But I think, unlike the Satanist, it sort of it, it builds on what 
they did in that previous record and it's got all these sorts of like there's a lot more space in the sound there's a lot of moments with like kind of like choirs of children yeah some like genuine sort of clean vocals from the band i think it's quite accessible yeah i think you're right yeah given how extreme it is it is very accessible i think it really reminded me quite a lot of um uh what's it called black and roll where it's you know rock and roll with black metal instruments and vocals like there's a really yeah, bluesy well, riff in yeah, god equals yeah. dog and i know that um nurgle has a, a blues side project called me and that man which is uh worth checking out i think um fans of like old school behemoth will probably miss the kind of the weirdness and the pure just rolling grind of songs like shemham for ash or conquer all mm. but if they just kept doing that i think that would be standing still and i think it's great yeah. to have seen uh, a black death metal band an extreme metal band who had this kind of insane sound start to move forward with it without kind of relenting on any of those moments of heaviness you still get all that shit there's a lot of fucking amazing mosh songs in this album yeah and i think some of the things that they've mm. done here are quite symptomatic of changes that are happening across the scene um like a bit of a, a slowing down really high level production symphonic elements choirs like some of that's becoming really popular at the moment and i think behemoth have incorporated yeah. that without uh, like compromising their image and their sound yeah and i think it's it's probably worth saying like you know i i mean i fucking love a, <laughs> an extreme metal album that doesn't stop start to finish and is mm. super fast but i think at this point we're definitely seeing a point in time where a lot of that stuff is like kind of where do you go from there once you establish your kind of raw unrelenting sound it's like how do you move forward and i i I love that that sound exists and that sound is never going away that sound is going to be a cornerstone of metal forever but i'm really enjoying seeing these sort of new places that extreme metal bands are willing to go Mm. to because in a way you could make the music more extreme by putting a bit of space in there and putting a bit of like these sort of slightly progressive elements in there you can make it weirder that's interesting because i know what you mean it's definitely something you see happening across the scene like like ben says but um it reminds me of a i saw a headline i think it was metal hammer or loudwire or something where it was um all the best all that all the heaviest bands all the best heavy bands aren't metal and i think it's kind of interesting seeing it's on the other side as well where it's like a lot of me- all the best metal bands are becoming in some ways i don't want to say less metal because they're still metal but they're talking to mm. take in these other cool elements and they're creating this new mm. kind of path. This has been a, a cycle that we've seen since like the 80s, right? Where you, or even yeah. since before then, people get heavier and heavier and heavier. And then there's that drawback into like doom. There's a kind of a topping something. out moment. Yeah. And yeah. Then, then people go like, mm. do you know what would be even more extreme than playing extremely fast? Playing extremely slow. And then that, that's what comes <laughs> in. <laughs> like, yeah. And he gets sure. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, yeah. And on the other side of things, you get a band like Anal Nafrak, right? And it's like, well, I mean, can you even really be heavier than some of Anon Afrak's stuff? This know? is the thing. There's, there's kind of a maximum, uh, isn't there? I mean, you can be, but like, this is a slight sort of sideline here, but Anon Afrak sort of said, you know, well, the most heavy thing that we could do would be to play noise and make it as extreme as possible. But like, it's not as satisfying, you yeah. know? We, we've obviously got a lot yeah. to say around this this genre and this, uh, at the edge of the scene, right? But to swing it back mm. around the album again, because we just keep... In, in terms of you, you've made the comparison to the Satanist earlier, um, and I think mm. in a way, like I mean, it's obviously like the Satanist is kind of like their opus, you know, it's it's their like it's an incredible piece of art. But I actually kind of placed mm. this album on par with it for me personally. Um, really? Yeah, I find that the Satanist is a really yeah. okay. fantastic piece of art in itself. 
but mm. I think I mean, it's like a pure vision, isn't yeah, it? It's like nine yeah, yeah. songs straight after leukemia. And, like, and it's just... even even like to title it the Satanist, you know, like they knew they, they knew. Mm. What a great title, man! <laughs> um, but then I think I loved you, Your Darkest. There's some mm. tracks on there which are probably some of my favorite Behemoth track. I agree. I think that this has got some of my favorite songs mm. by Behemoth on it, such as I would say, <laughs> <laughs> name one. Come on. I... <laughs> Wars of Siberia, I absolutely mm-hmm. fucking love. Uh, yeah. Ecclesiastica, Diabolica, Catholica mm. is fucking excellent. I mean, I could go through the whole album really and tell you something I liked about almost all the songs. A song like Bartzabel, for me, that's kind of a song where go in and grab yourself a drink because it's a slow one, but also, like, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, when we saw them live in Poland, when that song played, I went out of the crowd and got myself a beer and came back and just fucking watched the song play. I think, you know, you, you can't name a song in this album that doesn't deliver. And I think even, um, you know, the last and shortest song on the album, Coagula, the way it kind of builds up in that almost like, um, it sounds like uh, Mars by Gustav Holt, the, uh, the classical composer. That was one of my favorite tracks because mm. it was it was a really interesting concept and it just they na- nailed it really well. Mm. I am going to be the lone dissenting voice. I feel. Please do. We we shall deliver your album. So, so. Behemoth and yeah. Metalcore. <laughs> Behemoth are fucking shit. <laughs> the only thing worse than Behemoth are their fans. No. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> Josh, you need to stop doing that stuff. <laughs> Please can we cut I mean, that? Like, I'm, I'm, can we use that as a transition, please? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, 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 no, just for the record, no. I, I don't I don't hate you guys because you like Behemoth. I don't know. For me, the thing I like about Behemoth is I think you say like that classic, really, really aggressive, enraged feel a lot of it. Mm, and yeah. I like they still got the really dark atmosphere, but it, it, it feels more ambient to me than than their earlier stuff. Yes, God, I know what you've been actually. Like if you that, listen though. to like, like the start of Evangelion, like that kind of blistering like roaring sound you know what you're fucking in for there Hmm. i mean i think there's quite often a thing that metal fans in particular do where if an album if a band releases a slightly more ambient album they act as though that writes off their previous work it doesn't like you can still go back and listen to that in like 11 (laughs) fucking albums or however many is of their like spotify has deleted the back catalog (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> in light of the new Behemoth album, all their previous work has been deleted permanently. <laughs> I find that a lot of bands that I've got into have this like heavier back catalogue, and then they've become more yeah. ambient and they've become more like atmospheric and things like that. And I really like that stuff. So even like uh, just to name a few like Mastodon, Gajira, Behemoth, like big bands right now. People that their back catalogue is heavier. And then people act like, oh, I don't like them anymore because they've they've gone soft or whatever. And it's like, well, they've just changed. Like, and they're, think, they're developing with yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, you know? like, and, yeah, yeah. And their old stuff doesn't disappear when you, you know, you can still listen to it. Like, they might not play as much of it live. Yeah. But, like, you know, I, I often find that the albums I tend to like the most is, like, you get an insanely heavy band that releases, like, a really ambient album. But the one in between those two movements of their career, yeah, the one in between is... Perfect. <laughs> Golden mean, yeah. It's still just as like the Satanist. It's like blisteringly fucking heavy, but you can see that they're kind of loosening up their sound a little bit. So to wrap this up, Josh, favorite songs. Favorite songs. I like. I really like Coagula, and I'm going to mm. be basic and say I also really like God Equals Dog and Bartzabel. I think they were all really cool. I liked the bluesy stuff. I liked I liked yeah. the energy at the end. It was they were great. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Wolves of Siberia is probably one of my favorite Behemoth songs, but um, my absolute favorite um, is is Bartzabel. 
I, I love the yeah. the whole like um philemic like um magical influence in the song like the mm. by Samael oh, yeah. by Seraphim by Horde Chem like I just I love it and I, I you know every <laughs> time they play that song so live good. like when we were in Poland I like me and this like, Polish guy were just like screaming at each other and I was just like yeah this is just fucking <laughs> it's it's genuinely it's it it's almost Excellent. like spiritual in just how it much it, it hits me like in my heart and I'm just like. Ares and Mars and Mighty Four. <laughs> I agree. I think that there's something slightly weird has happened where a band like Behemoth existed in my lifetime because that is, you know, it's exactly what I want to fucking hear yeah. when I wake up in the yeah. morning. <laughs> yeah. I think we can all agree. Good album. I love Judah Darkest. Great mm. album. Smashing. Yeah. And at some point we will talk about the Satanist if we can manage We it. certainly will. Yeah, it's coming. It's we'll coming. need a whole episode just to we gush. Might. We genuinely might. Okay, guys, so that was Judas Priest with Painkiller, Parkway Drive with Horizons, and Behemoth, I Love Do It Your Darkest. That's episode one. Oh, yeah. How'd you guys, how'd you guys feel? Episode one. My goodness. We made it. It was a long yeah, time coming, it. wasn't yeah, five it? Five years in the making. I hope it, I'm, I'm sure the quality of this episode represents five years of preparation as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll be the main takeaway for our mm. listeners. Like, this is worth this the Five way. years. They're, yeah, the they'll be like, wow, that is, mm. that is half a decade's work. Mm. Absolutely. This is this whole episode is like our equivalent mm. of the Satanist. Yeah, so guys, look forward to uh, 2026, episode two. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll start work on it sometime in the next four years. I expect you... to finish six in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, um, a medical degree takes five years, and I think this is of similar quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that went well. It's uh, it's fun talking I about enjoyed that, yeah. different kinds of music, yeah. and I think... Um, we started with uh, some fairly acceptable entries, but I am very much looking forward to getting something a little bit heavier yeah, yeah. and more violent on there later in the series. So, so we, we wanted to start with stuff that we thought people would recognize. You know, Yeah, I think <laughs> later on we, we've each picked some stuff which may be less well-known, some stuff you know, mm-hmm. massive, a lot of really small bands, um, stuff that I'm really excited to talk about, stuff I'm interested to listen to, um, and even yeah. stuff that maybe I didn't think I would like. I'm excited to be mm. converted and start, you know, learning more, learning more music, hearing new things. Absolutely, because I think we all have a good amount of knowledge of our own niche mm. in the scene. So there's no end of new things to check out. This is kind of the year for, you know, bedroom projects, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So I think we're going to have a real crop of stuff to go through. Mm. I think it's going to be a lot of really exciting music. You know, I always thought I would start a bedroom project with you two, but it isn't the form that I thought it would take. <laughs> you thought there'd be a camera rather than a microphone. Mm. <laughs> You've kept that quiet. There's still time, Ben. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> so, um, well, so guys, that, that's, that's week one. What are we going to be talking about next week? So my album next week. It's going to be Mesmerize by System of a Down. Nice. i got to say, System of a Down, one of my all-time favorite bands, the band that got me into metal, and uh, it's all been downhill from there. <laughs> the beginning of the oh, end. Dear. What about you, Ben? What would so I picked um, Ulcerate, Staring to Death and Be Still. Um, my God, I have heard so yeah, much about this yeah, album. Yeah, so it's, it's, there's some real hype surrounding It's something it. which um, it got recommended to me uh, by a friend, and I... I hadn't heard of Ulcerate before. I put it on once and I, I loved it. And it's not something that's like a long time favorite of mine. Obviously, it's like brand new. It came out last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, I think it's a really good example of what's what's cutting edge at the moment, what's like out there. Mm. And uh, I, I'm really excited to talk about it in depth next week. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to listen to it. I've heard so much about it. What about you then, Josh? What are we saying? So 
my album's going to be um, Immortal Wars by X Dayo. And X Dayo, oh, the Roman band. The Roman band, yes. Very nice. I actually saw them with Niall. Wow. Oh, cool. fucking excellent. Hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, did we go to that together by any chance in Bristol? No, it was before we met. Oh. <laughs> 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 I might have gone to that tour. I know I've seen X Dayo a couple of times and. Um, hmm. Yeah, liked them live, not got into them on record. So yeah, this would be a good mm. one. It's interesting because without getting too into it, I think this is their absolute opus and it came out after that tour we talked about. So it, it follows um, the Third Punic War between Rome and Carthage, which... That old features... chestnut. <laughs> well, it features Hannibal, who's one of... Hannibal Barker, who's one of the kind of most kind of interesting historical figures of the period in my opinion i thought he was someone in the band so did i <laughs> <laughs> which is no. hannibal barker on guitar alexander the great drummer <laughs> no i i'm gonna really nerd out i Jesus i'm gonna happily Christ. talk for ages about oh garbage, wow so. so it sounds like we've got two very serious projects and then system of a down <laughs> this will be an interesting one i like a good mix it's a good mix cool. it's a good mix man okay so metal face episode one let's call it a show there guys nice yeah good stuff. i'll talk to you all next week yeah i'll catch you on the flippity flop <laughs> bye that was the metal face podcast go follow us on facebook twitter and instagram thank you for season miss character anger and separation for their music in the intro and thank you to johnny peterson for transition music throughout go check out his projects at heads for the dead massacre worm veil and wombat most importantly, thank you for listening. Take it easy and hail Satan.